0: Hey guys, certification roundup time. Um, You know, I'm always preaching, go a little deeper in your practice and take some certifications. So I wanted to let you know, this year we have added so many more. But like usual, we have our teacher training, which is a great certification if you want to deepen your practice or you are looking to teach. We have Reiki certification at all levels. Our sound certification has been added. So if you want to learn how to play the bowls, that's for you. Akashic Records, both basic and advanced. And Intuitive Healing, which is always one of our more popular ones that we run a few times a year. Crystal certification being added and a tarot reading certification so please if you're interested go to denmeditation.com go to certifications check out the schedule or you can email den teacher training at denmeditation.com and we can answer any questions you have as well but here's some good news if you don't live in LA or you don't have the time to like come in at our schedule a few of these are already on our denanywhere.com site and you can do them at your own leisure so go to denanywhere.com check out what we have there and we're always adding as well so I hope you join us this year and get certified Hey, welcome to Den Talks podcast. This is Tal. I am your host and the founder of Den Meditation. Today we have John Paul Creamy, who's one of my favorite guests. He was early, early in the launch of Dentalk's podcast. He was episode nine. I do recommend you going back and listening to it because we get into his entire story, and his story is quite a good one and a dramatic one. I mean, he grew up in Boston, not the easiest life. I think he says here he lost seven friends before the age of 20. I mean, that's some shit. This guy was an alcoholic, understandably, with that. And we do just talk about that transformation. Now, the transformation for him, ultimately, in a big way— was breath work. And that's who he is now. He is a very well-known breathwork teacher. He goes around the world teaching it. His classes have 250 plus people in there. And he used to be a sober coach and now he runs a sober coaching business. What is amazing about him, which is why I love having him here for you guys, is I feel like he's unbelievably relatable. He is just a guy, a guy who knows how to do the work, how to show up and how to make shit change. And I feel like that at the core is what we're all trying to do. So look, we've got his certifications. We have his workshops on denanywhere.com. We're also giving you a discount. If you listen to this, den30, you're getting 30% off. So type in den30 when you're checking out. And again, go to denanywhere.com. It is life-changing. I hope you really enjoy this podcast episode. We talk about how to step into your purpose, how to get rid of the fear and how to do the work. And he Gives you tips, but also he's just unbelievably motivating. I really hope you enjoy this episode. Um, hi, I'm, hi, I get to be here with John Paul again. If you guys haven't caught it, please listen to the first episode that we did together. As he likes to say, he got real emo on it. Um, and he does. He gets emotional, which is so fun from like a guy who likes to curse a lot and just be super tough. Um, but this, we're going to kind of pick up from where we left off, I feel like. And you're always such a good friend. So in some ways, you guys are just going to hear a lovely catch-up conversation between two people.
1: Awesome. I'm excited to be here, excited to see you. Kind I'm-
0: of. We were just talking about this, if he likes being in L.A. or not. <laughs>
1: Um, you know it's bittersweet. You know there's some beautiful memories here. I have some amazing friends, and people that I love here. Um, but at the same time, the, the, the energy is really intense.
0: It is intense.
1: In, and um, and when I, where I live now, it's very mellow, and people are super sweet and kind everywhere you go, and there's zero traffic, and life is just so I much easier. The lack of
0: traffic changes everything. It's
1: just so much easier. So I come here, and it's just really fucking intense, and uh, it's just it. I feel like everybody's walking around here with PTSD.
0: So here's my question for you. And just so you guys know, he used to live here. He was teaching breath work in Santa Monica and here in a bunch of different locations. And then he picked up his family and moved to Bend, Oregon, right? Correct. Yeah. Um, and so did you feel the intensity and the stress of LA while you were here? Or is this something that is kind of like once you're on the outside, now it's like magnified?
1: It, that's exactly right. Once you're on the outside, now it's magnified. Like you come back and you feel, it feels totally different and you don't even realize it until you're gone. When you're in it, it's just like being in like a traumatic relationship. You don't realize till you step out of it.
0: Well, that's how it is a little bit for me with entertainment. And I'm looking, and now that you guys can see, Tom Noonan's are like lovely guests here today too. But it's funny. I never, I I felt that way too, kind of about entertainment, like where I feel this like twist of like energy of just everyone so tightly wound that when I was in it, I didn't. I was okay. Like I felt it. But when you're on the outside, all of a sudden you see it so clearly. It's like. I'm still friends with so many people in it. And when you hear them talk and go into that kind of vortex, it's almost like <gasps> yeah. stifling, you know? And I almost, I, I almost in my head start sending them. I'm like, okay, one day they're going to know they can breathe a little more. One day they're going to know, like, because you just, you can feel it.
1: Yeah. You do the pono. Have you heard of that? No. It's a Hawaiian prayer. It's a clearing tool. It's called a pono, And it's four sentences. It's like, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. And it, pono means to make right, to clear, to, I clear, like that. to so clear, clear the clear air. Yeah, and so you can send them that energy to say, "I'm sorry. I love you. Please forgive me. Thank you."
0: Interesting that forgiveness is part of that.
1: It, I actually messed it up there. It goes. <laughs> uh, it goes. It goes. Um, please forgive me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you.
0: So forgiveness is part of it. So, yes. Talk a little bit about that belief of why forgiveness is part of that, even if it's just you're noticing someone else's stress that you might not have anything to do with.
1: Right. Well, forgiveness isn't even for the other person. It's for you. Mm -hmm. Forgiveness releases you from the past, right? So, you know, there's so many people walking around there that are angry with people, their parents, or somebody who did something to them. I mean, nobody on this planet gets away with... Somebody not screwing you over at some point. No, it's
0: not the whole point. Kind yeah.
1: Of. <laughs> right? I mean, so, the more we
0: think about it, you got to have something. Right. But so, there's something got to untangle. If we
1: hold on to that, we're the ones that suffer, right? There's a saying in recovery it's like resentments are like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. Ugh. So that stuff that we hold on to is what causes all all kinds of problems all kinds of sickness inside of us. All our emotions are what's causing sickness and health issues inside of us. So forgiveness is for you. It's not for them. And I say that in my classes all the time. You got to you got to forgive your parents. You know, they did the best they could with what they had. You know, there's, you know, there's this is really beautiful Brene Brown thing where she talks about like literally starting to know and to recognize that people are really doing the best they can in every moment. And sometimes you're like, really, that's the fucking best you can do. That's the best you can do. That's fucking terrible. That's what I want to say. Like I know your best is shit.
0: It's like, pick it up a little bit. (laughs) Step up. Um, it's funny. I had this exact conversation today with my four year old daughter and it's a little complex. And I realized that at one point I look at her, I'm like, is this too much? Like, cause I realized it, <laughs> but it was that because she was really upset that her friend laughed at her when she fell. And she, I mean, she talked about it for like three days and I kept being like, well, I really think she was, cause I know this friend and I know them. I'm like, I really think she thought laughing was going to, make you laugh and she was like but I didn't like it and I was like well you have to just go up to her and tell her that like hey next time can you just ask me how I am and then I started explaining I'm like you have to know that everyone is trying to do what they think is the best thing right. and if you assume they're doing the worst it's just gonna be really difficult for you and I keep going and I just see her kind of doing that thing where she's trying to process yeah. but clearly I'm I'm like okay this is a lot for a four year old there's <laughs>
1: something there my daughter is the same thing if someone laughs at her she gets so upset Yeah, and I think that really just carries over into adulthood of course But it's also hilarious when people get hurt in adulthood.
0: Yes, and also for some of us, it's easier to do it. Like if I fell, chances are I would laugh, even if I were hurt. I would laugh because I'd want to like dissipate the situation, like not make anyone uncomfortable. Sure. Like so that would be. My, but everyone's different. Like some people want to just be a little sad about it and want people to actually. You know, everyone's different, and so that's what I was trying to explain to her. It's not. It's not personal. It's, it's never personal.
1: It's so painful to watch your kids go through to struggle and like I know. and to want to give them tools to work through it. My daughter um, was painting. And my father's an artist. I grew up, you know, as son of an artist. And my father, and my father wanted me to be an artist. And I
0: want to talk more about your family, but keep going. So
1: my daughter's painting, and she's literally copying a painting that she watched my father do. And the trees look exactly the same, if not better than my father's trees. And my 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 (laughs) wife and I were like, "Oh my god, look at that!" And then when she went to star
0: on our hands, we went to
1: put the leaves on it. She went to put the leaves on it, and she didn't like the way it came out, and she just messed up the whole painting. She gets frustrated. And then she had a nervous break, like not a nervous breakdown, but she had a breakdown. And I was like, "I'm watching my fucking." childhood right there in front of my eyes like that was me that was my frustration like not being able to get what was inside of me down on the canvas down on the paper and just being ultimately so frustrated and angry
0: what was it for you though what was the translation was it art also or yes did it was you... art it was oh. art
1: yeah it was... my father wanted me to be an artist
0: I don't think I knew this part of you. Yeah, That's so, so funny. M-
1: most kids' dads want them to be like a doctor, football, lawyer a football or star. Or a football <laughs> yeah, and like my dad's like, you
0: call that perspective? I'm a Jewish family, so for us, it's a doctor and a lawyer. <laughs>
1: you call that shading? You call that perspective? Do it again. No, he oh. didn't. He didn't do that. I'm totally kidding. He wasn't like that at all. But I was painting. He's like he screamed. He didn't rip the paper off. <laughs> I was painting nude, pregnant models when I was like eight years old.
0: Did you learn about like was some of this like your first instances with like? A naked body and set like
1: maybe maybe I mean, don't. That's
0: really interesting.
1: Yeah, it's weird, for sure.
0: Like, did you ever get a boner? I mean, as a kid, when you have no control over. I this mean, shit?
1: I never not have a boner. <laughs> I I always have. I don't want
0: to know. <laughs> I'll be either insulted or grossed out, so I don't want to know. Um, um, so no, but seriously, do you remember? Because that's young, and like you're going through a lot of changes.
1: Yeah, I don't remember having a boner at the pregnant model, but I <laughs> I do think um, pregnant women are beautiful and yeah. and amazing you know, but I don't think it gives me a boner today.
0: So you were, did you like art or was it purely your dad?
1: No, I like art. But the problem was, is I couldn't get what was inside of me down. And I, the frustration and would just lead to anger and a meltdown. And, and, um, and I took all these art classes my whole life. And then I would see someone paint or draw that had never taken an art class. That was amazing. And I go, this is a gift that I don't have. And when I walked away from it, when I was like twelve or thirteen years old, I
0: love it. When I walked away from my art career at age (laughs) twelve, my
1: I kind of severed my relationship with my father in a way. Not that he was like I did it; it wasn't him. It was me. Like I kind of ended the the closeness that we had.
0: Did you end it because you didn't know any other way to communicate with him, or what to bond with him, or did you end it because you were nervous to like be a disappointment because you weren't? No, it wasn't that.
1: It was just like I think I just. I didn't want to do it anymore,
0: and you just didn't. You were and that afraid was he would and that was our, too? No,
1: that was our connection. I didn't want to do it anymore, and then I found you know friends and drugs.
0: Right. What was your mom doing during all this time?
1: Mm, well, I have a younger sister, so she was raising her, um, and then you know I have an older brother and an older sister, so she was being a mom. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, four kids, yeah, all different ages, like all across the board. Oof. Yeah,
0: I mean, now that you have kids, don't you see how painful that You're like, oh my god! I
1: can't imagine it. My my wife was talking about having a third kid, and I was like, no way, I can't do it. We have two beautiful, healthy kids. I'm not rolling the dice again. All
0: like, right, I like, got it.
1: And I'm old. I'm not like a young spring yeah, chicken. Yeah, energy
0: is a different thing. Yeah, but so wait. So your your dad was the one you had a closer relationship with. Like, what was your relationship with like with your mom?
1: Um, I mean, my mom is sweet. She's kind. She's loving. She's generous. She's a beautiful soul, and she's you know dedicated her entire life to just raising her kids and her one of her grandkids as well so she's kind of like a a martyr in some ways you know because my dad's uh difficult
0: (laughs) how's your dad difficult
1: uh he's he's got like a kind of a narcissist complex um in a way that like we could be having any conversation I could just win an Oscar and he could be like let me show you about this painting that I did that's like the Oscar like he brings it back to his art it's always art. about him always about his him and his art it's always about his art it doesn't matter what you're talking about literally like you can't even get the sentence out it'll steer it back to his art so when
0: you removed art you really did totally just remove the relationship totally. so tell me about you know for those of you who don't know and please listen to that first episode because we get really into it there um, you had like a rough guy I mean you had like many injuries, many fights, stabbings. Yeah, Yeah. Like, I mean, it was not necessarily a pretty childhood and you started drinking early. Yeah, Um, But it's interesting to hear this thing. It went, you were art, 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 and then you found the group of friends that kind of, it sounds like, was it the friends that got you into that space or was there other stuff going on?
1: No, I I mean, I think I have an addictive personality. You know, I dive into whatever it is I'm going to do, right? So if I'm going to dive, Doing drugs, then I'm gonna do drugs. Like well, but drugs also freed me, you know. They they freed me from the uncomfortableness and the self-consciousness. And we talk about this, that I'm really sensitive, right? And so my whole life I heard whenever I would complain about something or something would bother me, I heard you're too sensitive. You're too sensitive. I heard and, and that translates to there's something wrong with you. Right. But what I've discovered now that I'm comfortable with my feelings and my vulnerability is that my vulnerability is my superpower. Right? Because when I open my heart in my classes and I get vulnerable and people hear the emotion, that gives them permission to get emotional and let go of all the shit they're hanging on to.
0: So what's still... Like makes you very vulnerable now. Like, what in your life do you feel like?
1: Everything. I'm I'm a walking raw nerve, <laughs> and so you know I can see the the helicopter crash with Colby Bryant, I mean, and it breaks my heart. I
0: can't. I can't. I'm like on an ESPN wormhole until like I don't. I
1: don't I... hold that stuff in. Like I just Me let either. it out. But so I, I had this teacher training, this breathwork teacher training this past weekend, and it was in Calabasas, right where the helicopter Ugh, went down. Yeah. So it was, we were right there when it happened. And, you know, I, I, you know, I shared about it and I share that like, you know, tomorrow is promised to none of us. Like we have to live our lives as fully as we can today and, and as much gratitude and as lo- as much love. But like, I also, in my training, I will get angry at people and I'll yell at people if they're late and and I can be a real jerk, and that's the other side of being really that's why I sensitive, love you, though, thank you. But that's the <laughs> other side. I tell people I'm like, that's the other side. Everybody loves they go see, you know, they saw me in the heel thing or whatever. and like, oh, he's so sensitive, he's so raw. And it's like, you love that until I call you out for fucking being late, right? You know yes. what I mean? do you see me get irritated or angry? But that's the other side. It's all right there on the surface. And that's how I want to live my life.
0: Well, it's so interesting because I, I was just talking about this. I do find that there, especially in the spiritual world, and I even hate saying that because spirituality is just the world. Yes. But it's like, especially in this world, people forget what the main point is, which is there's a totality and a wholeness that is all different flavors and layers. And like you said, you are super vulnerable and can cry at a dime and you might scream and you, or you might like be the angry... But it's you and it's yeah. all you and none of that changes. It's who you are. You might balance differently and you might lean towards one. And I find that there's this... like people really don't like to be open or okay with other people's wholeness. Yeah. And it makes me really sad because I find then indirectly what you're doing is you're you're eliminating your own... Ability to transform and grow. Because if you automatically believe someone else is defined by one thing, whether it's the anger that you gave in class or, you know, the sweetness and the sensitivity, and by not allowing them to have anywhere in between, you're just kind of telling yourself it's a limiting belief that you too cannot transform and grow and evolve. I've been thinking about it a lot, actually, with the Kobe stuff. Like, I can't stop thinking about it because... You know, of course, there's always those people who people are sad and then they have to throw up like, he's a rapist. How could you? And it's like, yeah, it gets- I saw
1: that a lot. I, and that was so disappointing to see that out of people because I, a that case, I followed that case to the end. A lot of people didn't follow that case to the end because, you know, there's a lot of stuff that came out that, you know, he could have been very well innocent. And, and there's it, nobody, knows what, nobody happened, knows what happened in that room. But,
0: and even if even if it was,
1: it was 17 years ago.
0: Yes. And also, again, a man is many things. Yeah. And I like when I saw that, especially there was one that was really angry and really mean. And I remember being like, I hope. For you, yeah. on your moment, when you pass, people aren't singing all the negative things that you did. Because none of us, maybe there's like a one here and there, but a very few of us are ever going to get to that point having not done some shitty things in their Listen, lives.
1: Listen, I've done more shitty things than your average person.
0: I know, and I love it.
1: There's no, there's, <laughs> there's no question about that. And that was... You know, part of my healing through breath work was healing all the that stuff because when you do shitty things like that, there's no way you don't feel it. There's no way you don't feel the shame around it, and and the and that shame is what what is the shame is the hardest emotion. Yeah, it's the worst emotion. I think
0: it's an emotion that creates people to like you said to numb because yeah. you don't want to admit it i always say yeah. if someone kind of knows they're wrong subconsciously they'll usually dance around being right because the idea of admitting it yeah. the shame is so hard
1: yeah shame is the hardest one and so clearing out that shame so that you could listen there is nothing there is nothing out there that you have done that makes you unworthy of your own love And that's just the truth. But some people, they have so much shame inside of them that they don't feel that they can even love themselves. What are
0: you thinking about right now?
1: (sighs) I'm thinking about this guy that I sponsored for 10 years and that committed suicide. You know, we talked about this, I think, before. You know, it's just like, and I'm thinking about so many of the people that I know and I love along the way who have committed suicide or have died or whatever. And just all the things that, you know, that and all the people out there who are feeling the shame that feel like they're not good enough in some way, you know, because of something that happened to them or something that they did themselves, right? right. Something terrible that they did themselves. And you can release that. You can clear that. You can get rid of that stuff. And so... I feel like that's my job. that's my mission is to help people heal from that stuff and And to come that's back a to what you mission s- to what you said earlier, which is like about allowing that all that other stuff, it's like because I'm a teacher of breath work people put this fucking expectation out mm-hmm. there that I'm going to be this enlightened person and I'm never <laughs> going to get angry. And I was just telling Tom on the way here about some comment. like, some Tom.
0: You're a star of this podcast. I love it.
1: Yeah. Uh, some lady commented on my thing and on Facebook and uh, you know, I should just leave that shit alone.
0: Yes, I've had this conversation with you before. I know. I know. Everybody <laughs> tells me this,
1: all of my friends. And they're like, you cannot go on there. And I, and I just, you know, I didn't, I didn't. Some lady said like, this is a hoax. And I was like, you know, you need to come to a class. And she said, she said, only true therapy works. And this is a hoax or whatever. And I said, well, obviously true therapy has not worked that great for you that you would go on someone's Facebook and make a negative comment like this.
0: Absolutely. I think that's a great response.
1: Yeah. (laughs) But then I went on to say other things. So, anyways, <laughs>
0: stop. I know my I wife is just as bad. I my
1: wife. I know my wife. I have to run things by my wife.
0: Good. I have you better to. Be doing I have to it. show
1: her emails before I send them. It's it's like. I, but, don't, but I don't I don't have I need that, I need a better filter.
0: But you know that side of you, which I think is also huge. Again, it goes back to us acknowledging the totality of a man next to us is also acknowledging the totality of yourself. Yeah. And that comes with everything. It's like, what are the positives? Like learn to love them, but also what are the perceived negatives? I mean, nothing's truly negative, but like and own them and love them and it's the same thing like you know that you might be quick to react like know that about yourself and I love it and then so you go to your wife and you know that's a beautiful solution do you know the love languages
1: the five love languages yes
0: remind me it's so- Service. I haven't looked acts at this of long service. Time. Acts of service. Words
1: of affirmation. Yes. Like um, quality time. Yeah. Physical touch mm-hmm. and um, gift giving. Oh, right. There's always oh. one I forget. Yeah, me too. So my two main top love languages are acts of service, what you do for me. Yeah. And the other one is uh, words of affirmation.
0: Me too. But so, mine's but, words of affirmation, and then. Well, so what's right the below. opposite
1: of words of affirmation? Criticism. Oh. Right? Yeah. So it's like it 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 like it And now you. that I'm bigger than I've ever been out in the world with this breathwork thing, I get more criticism than I've ever gotten. Of got. course. And because so, people
0: like to take down people. Yeah.
1: It's painful. It's it's like people love to put people on pedestals and then they love to take them down. So oh, especially of course. especially with celebrities. It's like like the spectator the, sport. Yeah. It's painful. I don't know, you know.
0: And it's sad. I mean again, it goes back to that Kobe thing. It really got me because I was like I mean, there's so many angles to it also. It's like there's so much else that first of all, don't mourn him. No one's forcing you to mourn him. Like, don't mourn. If it doesn't work for you and for some weird reason, don't do it. Yeah. And I'm sure the victim, like, I'm sure this is very complicated for her and her family, and it should be. But like for a lot of other people, they were touched by him. And you can't take that away either. Mm-hmm. Like you can't take away someone doing something great for someone else just because they also might have done something bad. It, it, does, it still exists. They yeah, both some, still exist. Someone on
1: my Facebook put on uh, hashtag rape Colby and then hashtag RIP Colby. And I was like, I started to write, this says way more about you than it does about him. It's true. You know, and then I deleted it. That's what I do all day long. I write comments and then I delete comments that I don't. I it, do
0: don't. that on Facebook a lot, too. <laughs> it's funny because I'm on a certain like a mom group, too. And it's I'm a, always like, and then I'm like, mm. it's a
1: bummer because <laughs> there's people that I really like and I, that I've known or that I have feelings for that I have uh, good feelings for. And then I see something that they post and I, it, it, it changes my opinion of them. You know, I start to judge them. I'm actually reading Judgment Detox right
0: now by Gabby Bernstein. Judgment Detox. How funny. Yeah. Is it good?
1: Uh, it's pretty good. Yeah. I'll let you know if it works. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think you'll always have an element of it.
1: Yeah. The but New England in me isn't going of anywhere.
0: Course. Let's go back to the shame, though. So for you, back to your childhood. So your, so your mom was very sweet and kind and sounds like kind of angelic doing her thing. Yes. And your dad was kind of a one-path man and so yeah. when you weren't under that. But then you got caught up in this... You were talking about that you had all this frustration, and you were sensitive, Mm -hmm. and so the drugs kind of made you. I remember you saying this on the first episode too—that like the alcohol made you feel safe.
1: Yeah, I mean, alcohol for a lot of people, it saves them. It saves. It's not the problem. It's my solution to the problem. The problem is how. Problem is how I feel inside. The problem is that I'm too sensitive in a in an environment in an area that doesn't allow for sensitivity.
0: Do you feel like that's part of, like, why you grew into kind of this fight mode and this tougher clan? Do you feel like that was, like, subconsciously satisfying your toughness versus sensitive, like, being sensitive? Maybe,
1: yeah. I mean, it's a way – yeah, I mean, I know a lot of tough guys, um, and they they have that. You know, the people – it's so funny. The people that come to my class that have the biggest crack open the most – are the tough guys who right. are holding it all in?
0: I know, and then it's just like the pin yeah, breaks it. It
1: just cracks open the levy, and they like ball, which is what my experience was the first time I did it. So it's like the more you hold it in, the bigger the the bigger the release, the bigger the experience. Um,
0: Do you feel like it then, for an addict, does that become then addicting? Where you trying to like find that again every time?
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm. But the good news is, is like. The more I did breath work, the more it just cleared out all my stuff. I mean, it just healed so many layers inside of me. People think that they've done the work. I thought I did the work, and then I laid down and I did this thing, and it started stripping away all these layers
0: from childhood up. What do you mean you thought you did like when are you talking about When I first
1: started doing breath work, I had like I had done therapy, I had done twelve step work, I had done everything out there, and I'm like, I've done all the work and then I laid down into this breathing thing. And what I didn't realize is that so much trauma, so much shame, so much grief it stores in your body, it stores in your nervous system. Cellular nervous system. There's there's scientific facts now that prove that trauma is passed through the DNA. Nobody's disputing that anymore. And they see that with the grandkids of Holocaust survivors amazing. And it's just so like, some people will be like, I don't know what, I didn't know why I had all this stuff. Could be my parents. My father has a lot of stuff that happened to him. And his parents, and their parents. And so it's passed down through the DNA.
0: Well, I see it a little bit. You know, my child's adopted. And so, I see it sometimes because there's a few things that are very her, that I know she's not picking up from behavior patterns from us. Right. You know, like certain like reactions, like sensitive reactions that I just know, because it's not how I act or live. And it's interesting. I'm always like, where is she getting that from? Because it's like intense and it's clearly hers. And I'm just like, wh- it's got to come, it's DNA. Like, yeah. it's hers. Like, yeah. but from who? Like, I am tr- It's. I can't figure it out, obviously, but it's like, it's really interesting because it's, it's like so I... clear there's something yeah. that at some point needs to be cleared out.
1: Yeah, it's like eye color. I mean, it's literally just passed down to the DNA. They've done studies with mice where they spray the cherry blossom spray and then they shock it and then they spray the cherry blossom sh- spray, and they shock it, and then they just spray the spray, and it has a reaction. And then that mouse has babies, and they spray the cherry blossom spray. It's never been shocked, and then has a reaction. Mm. Fourteen generations Ugh. later, it's still responding to this cherry blossom spray where other mice are not. So there's you know studies that prove that mothers that were pregnant at nine eleven, 11 the babies are born with higher cortisol levels. And so... Uh,
0: that makes sense yeah,
1: and so all this kind of stuff that's passed on, and so I knew it was my parents' fault, but now <laughs> now I really know now I can prove it um,
0: do you believe in like past lives reincarnation
1: i i'm not I'm not that guy I'm not very woo-woo um, I I've, know
0: because I'm just curious with that idea like are you then and obviously we're not going to really get into this conversation because you're not that guy like are you then specifically choosing this DNA path because of whatever it is you need to like? Grow from. Do you know what I mean? Yeah,
1: maybe. I I tried. So my thing was, when I found breathwork, it was so woo-woo. It was so new-agey. But the experience, the technique, the experience I had was undeniable. And I healed so much from doing it, doing it on my own and doing it in classes and whatnot. And there was a realization that I had in that healing that if somebody did this in a way, somebody taught this in a way that wasn't all new agey and woo-woo, that they would have 250 people in the room and that they, that they could help firefighters and policemen and housewives and normal people who would never go to these kind of classes. Right. Because the class that I went to had five people in it. How did you it find super, it originally? it was super fucking woo-woo. Um, you know, I went to Tony Robbins. and yes. met Tony. He invited me to seminar. So I was, wi- <laughs> I was wide open after that. And a couple people who didn't know each other, two people who didn't know By each other. By the way,
0: other- your posts on Tony Robbins are... Hilarious. You become like a five-year-old kid.
1: Jumping up and down. Oh my
0: God. It's so funny. Yeah. It's um, but go ahead. So-, so
1: so uh two people who didn't know each other said you need to go do breath work. And I was like, what the hell is breath work? And so I found this place in West LA that isn't there anymore. And I went to a class and it was fucking this fresh hell that I didn't know was available to me, you know, with like <laughs> crystals and oils and sheepskin rugs, and I was like, Oh my god, and people sharing all kinds of weird shit. Mm. And I laid down and I did this breath work technique and i cried and i released 30 years of emotional baggage and trauma in one class in one session and i felt connected to something that i'd never felt in my life and it was as real as me wanting to kill somebody on the 405 freeway it was undeniable and what do you feel
0: like you were connecting to
1: Oh, see now I'm gonna get woo woo. Why are you trying to make me get woo woo? By
0: the way, you are woo woo. You just you don't you don't speak like it.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> I felt like I know you well enough. I don't know. know what you want to call it. The universe, God, whatever the f- hell you want to call it. It's funny because at some of the classes here at the den. There was a guy, and I don't want to say he was a gangbanger, but he seemed to be gang-affiliated. And he came up to me after class. He came to a couple classes, and I could see he was having a big transformation, right? He was just fucking blown away by this breathing thing. And he came up to me after class, and he goes, can I can I talk to you for a second? He pulled me aside. He's like, I felt, I felt God in there. Oh. I felt the presence of God. He goes, I go, yeah, I understand. Like, is- and we had this like moment. And it was like, that's why I'm doing the work. And that's why I teach it in this way.
0: That but what did that feel like for you? I, don't, I,
1: I want that guy to, in my class. I want that gangbanger. I want that tough. I had a tough firefighter captain uh, in L.A. come to not only my class here at the den. And he shared. He's like, my wife said, you got to do something or you got to leave. And he did my workshop here at the den. And it changed him. And then he came to my teacher training. And he's going to take it to firefighters. I love that. Yeah, I love that. So, yeah, I'm really, you know, teaching this in a way to get those type of people through the door. You're the
0: perfect person for it, too. I mean, look, I feel like you and I bonded over that from the beginning. Of it was the same reason like the den came about. It's like there's this total misperception about meditation. Look, I can get totally woo woo. Anyone who knows me or listens to this podcast knows I am. I can be very woo woo, but it doesn't have to be. It is just this beautiful offerings that everyone can clear some of their shit, like period. Yeah. And I feel like we always bonded over it and you are the perfect person to kind of attract those people. Cause that's, I mean, you exactly the person who's going to get sensitive is going to scream. And I think people are comfortable <laughs> with that because they're the same way. Most yeah. people are like that. Yeah.
1: I've, I've joked so many times at the den here because I'll come in and I'll go, listen, I just took the one Oh one to the four Oh five to the fucking 10 to get here. The freeways in Los Angeles. And I almost choked somebody out over a parking space. (laughs) But don't worry. Now I'm going to put gratitude and love in your heart. So (laughs) (laughs) it's all good. You know, and that's just who I am. In those am.
0: moments, it's like you need the class just as much as the people you're teaching it to.
1: H- and here's the thing. People are like, wow, this guy's kind of uh, like aggro and edgy. And I'm like, yeah, but you don't know what I was like before, before. this. <laughs> <laughs> I've come a long way.
0: Right. That's true. So tell me, going back to that moment, like what was it? You felt God? You felt a presence? Like, Yeah. Was it- I felt
1: connected to things that I've never felt connected. I felt connected to the universe, to nature, to everyone around me. I felt this beautiful, beautiful, undeniable connection. And um I went home and my wife was like, you look like a different person. And, uh, you know, I felt like a different person.
0: Talk about the idea for people of, you know, you can have this big break open moment, which yep. is huge. And that just talk about what doing the work actually means, that it's not just one of those moments. Yeah,
1: that's an important distinction because people will come and they'll have this; they crack wide open and they'll release all this stuff. And they're like, that was amazing. And I'll, I'll see you next week or whatever. And then I don't see them again. It's because when you have an opening, you have an expansion, and then what happens is you're vulnerable, and then you go home, and you see everything, or somebody says something, and I always joke, like, don't text or call any exes after class, right? Right. It's so um, <laughs> people, a lot of people don't want to go back there. They don't want to go there. People are scared to do the work yeah they're scared to do the work but here's the thing it's like what they don't get is if they just did it consistently for a length of time whether that's a month three months six months i did it for a year but i had a lot of shit if they just do that (laughs) consistently if they just do the breathing and they make it into a practice then all that stuff clears out and then you just when you lay down to breathe you just get to gratitude and love So now when I lay down and breathe I just get to gratitude and love Unless something comes up in my life Unless somebody dies Or something happens Or I'm stressed out Or a lot of shit Then I lay down and I clear it right out But I'm current The problem is is that people aren't walking around current. They're walking around filled up with all this past stuff. They're dragging around all these past experiences, and they have no idea that their past is holding them back from becoming the best version of themselves. You cannot step into the best version of yourself when you're carrying around resentment and anger and shame. It's affecting your relationship. It's affecting your career. It's affecting all your dreams. And so they have no idea because you're reacting. You're not doing this or you are doing this as a result of your past as a result of all the stuff you're you're doing. So if you can clear all that stuff out now I can come to this business idea or this relationship with a clean slate so to speak. And we're not doing that. Most people aren't doing that.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I see that too and it's also the like you said you have this opening and you become vulnerable. You know, people expect sometimes whatever version of this work it is, whether it's breath work, meditate, anything, they expect to always feel euphoric. Yeah. And you're like, but that's not it. Sometimes you might actually feel pretty shitty because you are uncovering some stuff and you are diving deep. And that's the beautiful part of the journey, if you can embrace it that way, which a lot of people can't because it's so uncomfortable. So how do you motivate people to, like, get through that?
1: Uh, it depends on what people's, the leverage, right? Like Tony Robbins talks about the leverage. Like I would tell, if someone had kids, I would be like, you know, this isn't for you. This is for your kids. Right.
0: That's a great one. Yeah. if
1: they and have if kids, if they have kids, right. if they don't have kids, you got to find out what the leverage is for them, what they want, what they really, really want. What you want has to be more it's important. Tell
0: me what you want, what you really, really want.
1: <laughs> 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 it's so funny that you do that. I do that in my teacher training the whole time. I like something will come up and uh, and I'll just like start singing a song. Like, the problem
0: is my references are... Old. yeah a, <laughs> I me know, too we're the probably. same thing i was like it takes two to
1: make a thing go right <laughs> <laughs> so um so yeah you have to find the leverage you know it, the the thing that you want has to be you have to want it more than you know the pain you have to you have to be willing to go through the pain to get there and it's like people will come and do a breathwork session and sometimes it'll it'll stir up some trauma from the past and they go, oh, this thing came up from my childhood that I didn't even want to think about. And it's like, well, that thing is there.
0: Right, right.
1: That's not like, this didn't bring that thing there. Like it just, it's, it wants to clear. It needs to come out. It it's needs its to time, clear. Right. right. And so you can't deny that it's there. It's time for it to clear.
0: It's so interesting how people
1: think they lock things away
0: and then they, they don't exist.
1: Yeah. And what, that's what, where a lot of health problems come in.
0: Yes. Cause I mean, it starts to physically manifest. Yes. But it is interesting because I think also people don't realize – they also feel like it's one journey. I'll do the work, and then once I get to here, whatever that immediate goal is, I'm good. Yeah. And they don't realize like, okay, but then there's like a beautiful new one. You turn right, and then you're it's going to unfold other stuff. Like that stuff you know, you're know, you referring to, which I love, it's like you lock it down. It's there. It's like sometimes it's on so many layers you don't even know it's there. So you clear all these other layers first, and you get through that, and it's beautiful, and you feel lighter, and you feel like you got somewhere. But that other shit that was hiding, so it's still there. Yeah. And at some point, it's going to have its pathway to clear out to be like, hi, deal with me. And it might be five years from the beginning of you starting to do the work, 10 years, one You month, have no
1: idea where it's coming. I'll yes. t- I was telling someone, I um, I really am trying to spend amazing quality time with my children. Yeah. And so I signed up for this art class with my daughter where we're making clay unicorns. <laughs> right? And so she's going to make the clay unicorn. And the lady's like, why don't you make one? And I started to make one. And I literally had a fucking meltdown. And, the, and like, it wasn't obvious to anyone. You come back to being that 12-year-old Yes, kid it's exactly what happened. <laughs> I started to get frustrated and have a meltdown. And I crushed my clay unicorn into a ball. She's and not then,
0: magical enough. And then
1: I was just like, you know, let me just watch her and help her. It was just a weird moment. I was like 12 years old again. And you just don't know where that shit's going to come up for you.
0: So how's she doing? Because you said she embodies a lot of the same stuff you did. Yeah. How's she now doing with it? And what tools have you been giving her to, like, get through it.
1: Yeah, so she's doing great. I mean, I haven't seen that since. And she just, she made a great unicorn and <laughs> loved it. And then she made a, she made she made a beetle. I mean, it was beautiful. I think, like, I try and get her to do breath work, you know, to breathe through her nose. And um, one of the things that I discovered with kids is when they're having a meltdown, that they just need to be felt. yes. Right. You just need like for me, I read this book and it was like they just need to be felt. They know that you're there. So my daughter would have a meltdown and go in a room and then I would knock on the door and say, can I come in? And then I would go and I would just start scratching her back and just say, you know, I'm here and just scratch her back. Not even fucking say anything.
0: That's actually a beautiful, beautiful tip for a lot of people because it's giving you actually something to do. Yeah.
1: And you and then, you know, you can connect to the heart through the back. Like you put your palm on the back of the center. I would used to do this in private breathwork sessions and in classes where I would put my palm right in the center of someone's back and just leave it there or rub it a little bit and you connect right to the heart. So just be there and connect to her. And then when she calms down from scratching her back or rubbing her back, just say like, how did you know, what's how did that make you feel? Like just letting her feelings be heard, you know, and letting her know that I hear her, I can feel her, I understand her. That's it. That's all she wants. That's all she needs. Do you
0: feel like because you feel like you weren't heard, like you were too sensitive, that stuff, do you feel like that's really helped you understand how to do this? Or did you have to work to get there because you, too, were repeating some of the
1: yeah. I had to work to get there because you just you don't know. You th- everybody thinks they're going to be this parent that they're going to do better than their parents.
0: But a lot of times we repeat it.
1: That's exactly what we do. Because yeah. how are you going to do better than your parents? What have you done differently? Right.
0: What's, and, who taught you differently? Yeah,
1: and exactly. And you're just unconsciously repeating the same patterns over and over again. And so unless you start consciously parenting, which is like getting aware of your own shit and doing something about it, you're actually turning your kid into the same thing, or you're trying to get them to fulfill your unfulfilled dreams.
0: Do you think moving was kind of a catalyst for all this for you?
1: Yeah, moving helped a lot in a lot of different ways. I mean, I I came to L.A. like everybody else with Hollywood dreams, <laughs> and so... Uh, and then you lost all your hair. Yeah, I lost all my <laughs> hair, and then, you know, a bunch of frustration around screenwriting for years and all uh, getting really close, and, you know, Tom and I sold a show to E that didn't get picked up and all kinds of stuff, so um, I've just had... So many broken disappointment dreams, right? I mean, that's why my classes in LA here are so filled up. Like,
0: everyone does has the same broken dreams. Yeah,
1: everyone, yeah. and so, um, and so, moving to um, Bend was just being able to just let go of that. And it's so funny because now I come back and I do this amazing stuff here. And it's like, it's people love it. My classes are all sold out. My teacher trainings are all sold out.
0: Do you feel like when you still lived in LA, even when you were super successful and like breath work was growing and you were part of this movement, do you feel like just because you were here, there was still a connection and element to this old dream of yours? Yeah,
1: still chasing it. It's so hard to let go. It's so hard to let go. And now I finally let go of it. I think the move helped me let go of it. Um, Is
0: that because you could fill that part with other stuff because you had to? Like you weren't there and it's like...
1: I, I just feel like if there's something about being just being here, being around it and that it's constantly, you're, you're sucking yourself back into it. Right. Like you see it, you see the people who are doing it, who are successful at it. And you're like, well, they're no better than I am. They're not, you know what I mean? Like I've right. worked with so many celebrities and I'm like, how the fuck is this person so successful at this? Right. And so, but the, you know, it's, everybody's got their...
0: Thing. Yeah. Because you've also worked with a lot of celebrities who are struggling.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean...
0: And struggle you would never wish upon anybody.
1: Well, and, and I just didn't know that, like... This, was meant, this is what I was meant to do. I had to let go of those Hollywood dreams so I could step into this destiny, which is to help people, which is ultimately way more fulfilling than doing a movie or having a show or anything like that. Like when I do a class or I do a training or a retreat and people come up with tears in their eyes, hugging me, telling me I changed their life, that for me is way more fulfilling than if I did a movie. Yeah. So um, I... It's, it just always goes back to, like, I'm so grateful that I didn't get what I wanted. Right. Because what I wanted was so much less than what I have now.
0: But and that's I, again, goes back to, like, what you said when you connected to whatever we want to call it, God's source universe, right? Yeah. I feel like because then it becomes an element of trust. Yes. Right? Like, for people to have ease in what they're getting or what they're not getting, there has to be an element of trust. Yeah. Right?
1: Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I just... <sighs> I always tell people, like, you don't know what's on the other side of doing all the hard work for yourself. And sometimes some things aren't meant to be for us. And if we just strip away all the stuff that we think we're supposed to have or think we're supposed to do, then there is something there for you that you may not anticipate or expect. And so just stripping away all that stuff was was the key for me. There was a moment and it's Tony Robbins, right? Like I love Tony Robbins. So there was a moment in Tony Robbins where he's got us pulling these moments into our heart. Moments of gratitude, moments of this. He had us do a future moment. And I never wanted kids my whole life. And then in this future moment, for some reason, I was I saw a little girl and a little boy. And I started to weep. <laughs> And I just, I didn't know, like, I didn't know I wanted kids. And then I did in that moment. It literally shifted for me in that moment. And I went back and I told my wife, I was like, I think I want children. And she's like, what? What happened to Tony Robbins? <laughs> and, you know, now I have children that look exactly like that moment. It's crazy. It's super woo-woo weird. Really? Yeah. So woo I know. I'm just going to say it here. And so, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, and it's been the greatest source yes. of love, the greatest source of fulfillment. It's been my greatest gift. And just to be a dad. Like, it that's, feels like
0: it's like been this missing part of like your growth.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and it and then it comes back to, too, like, forgiving my dad for his misgivings and his shortcomings so that I can be a better dad. Right.
0: Are your parents still alive?
1: Yeah, still alive. Has it
0: changed your relationship? Hopefully time? they
1: don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> I so, won't send it to them. <laughs> <guys. laughs> um, so, yeah, so it's like, you know, I, I was so mad at my dad for years for all, some of the stuff that he did wrong, and he did some stuff wrong, you know, some inappropriate stuff that he would never own. And... um That's why that's part of that transformational letter workshop that I used to do with people, right? If we have to wait for people to give us what we want, what we need, then we're screwed. Mm -hmm. So this thing, this transformational letter I created with breath work gives you what you need from that person without even having to talk to that person. Um, So I, I, and at one point too, I just wrote everything my dad did right because he did a lot of stuff right. And he was a good dad.
0: And it goes back to how we started this conversation of like people are whole. Yeah. There's like good and there's bad. Yeah. So it was nice that you could lean into some of the good.
1: Yeah, and he really did the best that he could, you know. He really did the best that he could raising me. And he he gave a lot of love and he did, you know. And he did a lot of stupid shit too, you know. And so just knowing that now as a dad, like I'm not going to be perfect as a dad. No. And I hope that if I make a mistake that my children forgive me.
0: So our first time we did our 21-day challenge, it was such a huge success. I'm really excited to announce our next one. Starting March 1st, we're going to do our global 21-day challenge. Shandre Bardwatch is leading it, and it is finding your source of happiness. This is great because you can go to denanywhere.com, sign up today to make sure that starting March 1st, you get a meditation delivered into your inbox every single day for 21 days. And these are meditations you can have for. Ever. So please join us again starting March 1st, but join today. Go to denanywhere.com and join our 21 day challenge. <music> Hey guys, it's time to announce our next Den Talks live. Get your tickets. Come in. They are always such fun events. I promise you the energy is always great when we do these live. Plus you get a little you know, nibbles and drinks and always fun takeaways. So our next one is soulmates. I feel like we get so many questions about this and so we are going to talk about it and dive into it. And it's a panel so we're going to get multiple point of views because I think that's really important when we're talking about soulmates. We have Ryan Weiss who's always been an amazing guest. We have Catherine Woodward Thomas, the author of Conscious Uncoupling. And we have Jill Willard who's intuitive medium and they all have very different points of view on soulmates so this way we can discuss are they actually a thing do they exist if they do how can you attract them what does a soulmate really mean can a soulmate be a family member does it have to be a partner or a lover so there are so many angles not to mention the questions you guys are going to ask so go to denmeditation.com or dentalkspodcast.com and reserve your spot so you can come February 29th at La Brea Soulmates Hey guys, a quick word from our sponsor, Liquid IV. They have been a savior for me because you guys probably all hear me talk about this on the podcast, that I am horrible at drinking water. I really am. And what you probably don't even realize, it's the winter months now, we get even more dehydrated because we don't even notice the symptoms. So when you're cold, it just makes it harder to spot. So thankfully... These guys came around because the beautiful thing is what I would have to drink for two to three bottles of water, now I just have to do one. And it tastes good. So they have three amazing flavors, and you can pick one, and you just put it in 16 ounces of water, and it tastes great. So for me, who just struggles with drinking water, this has actually made the experience so much more enjoyable. And not only that, it's providing five essential vitamins, more vitamin C, so in the winter with flu season, it has really helped keep me healthier. So... Now, here's the fun stuff. You get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and you use the code DENTOX at checkout. Now, let's make that all caps. DENTOX, all caps. That's 25% off anything that you order from Liquid IV's website. That's liquidiv.com, promo code DENTOX. So don't wait. Go there now and start properly hydrating right this moment. Also, I mean, what a... It's funny, I keep just going back to empowerment, empowerment, and I feel like so much of breath work, and how, especially how you teach it, is really empowerment. Yeah. It's like knowing the powers in there, and you're kind of cultivating it like through the breath, and it helps give you clarity. It helps you have breakthroughs. It helps you release, like all these things. And it's, it is. It's empowerment of take the reins. I mean, again, not to bring it back to Kobe, but it's so omnipresent right now. That's been, you know, everyone's taking that message of, like, hold on to your loved ones closer. And, of course... I get it. But like the message that kept coming to me was like, oh my God, shut the fuck up and just start doing your shit. Right. Because that's who he was. He was like, it's you, you're on the court, you make it happen. And part of me was like, if anything of this timeline of showing you, it's like, Stop complaining about your parents. It doesn't mean they didn't fuck you up, but now what? Totally. What are you going to do about it? Like, what's your change you're going to do? Like, yes, that happened to you in your past, and it's awful, and it has really made it difficult and impossible for you to do X, Y, and Z, but now what are you going to do about it? Like, yeah. how can we stop? And I hate saying the word wallow because some people be like, how dare you? And I know some things are atrocious that happen to people, but like you said, you can sit around for your entire lifetime waiting for the fairy dust to come and shift it for you. The only thing that's going to shift it for you is you.
1: Yeah. And
0: it's like, I feel like people don't, A, think they have the power to do that. B, sometimes they don't want to do it because they'd rather have the fairy dust or that person or that thing change for them. So speak a little bit to that because I feel like that's so much of what you do.
1: Yeah. Listen, people want to blame their parents or other people so that they don't have to do the work. Right. right? Your problems may be because of other people. They may have other people's names on them, but your solution has your name
0: on it. I love that.
1: And so, uh, Colby was really known for his work ethic. Yeah. Colby worked his ass off off the court and on the court. Yeah. So that comes back to like just do the fucking work yeah. on yourself, right? If you can't sit there you like hoping that something's going to change like because the hope is going to die. Eventually you have to get active. You have to take fucking action to change your life. Stop waiting for something or someone to show up or something to happen to change your fucking life. If you're, you know, if you're waiting to give love to yourself, to you lose, if you're waiting to lose weight, to give love to yourself, or you're That's waiting, if you're waiting for your career, this big career moment, to, to happen to love yourself or you're waiting for somebody else to show up and love you before you love yourself, then you waste your fucking right. life. Right, like
0: you've got the wrong order. Yeah.
1: Stop wasting your fucking life, waiting for something or someone to happen to you to start loving yourself and start making a choice to start loving yourself in this moment. And loving yourself means showing up and doing the hard work. People think, I say this in everything, it's a bubble bath, right? Mm -hmm. It's not a fucking bubble bath. I mean, yes, a bubble bath can be there, but loving yourself is showing up and doing the uncomfortable work, being willing to do the shit you don't want to do that you know is going to make you better. I think it's Les Brown that says this. If you do what's easy all the time, then life will get really hard. But if you do what's hard, then life starts to get easy. Ooh. And if I, I've I done... I You know, keep doing the hard work. There's very little that makes me uncomfortable at this point because I've gone through so much discomfort. I'm willing to step in the discomfort. I'm like, what can I do that's going to make me fucking uncomfortable because I need to grow more.
0: I was going to say, it's. Fun. I was about to jump in and say, I feel like me too because you kind of almost start to really love that part of like the discomfort because you know where it brings you, you, you've seen the other side so many times that, you know, it's just better and more enlightening or more informative, whatever it is for you, that the discomfort actually weirdly becomes pleasurable in some ways. It's like, I know I can feel it when I'm in a moment of transformation. I'm like, Oh shit, time to like do some work. And like when I sit down in my own practice and I switch it up a little bit to target whatever that is. And it might be, it's surprising, whatever comes up becomes surprising and it might not be great, but like, I'm so okay sitting in it because I know I'm like, this is interesting. I'm curious to know where this is taking me and I know it's taking me somewhere and I have a trust in that now versus maybe in the past it might've been like, what the fuck what's happening now? It's like, Oh, I know if I let this happen, I'm getting somewhere. I have no clue where that is, but I know it's somewhere better.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's how, that's how you become a better mom. That's how you become a better teacher, a better wife, better whatever, is you show up and do the uncomfortable stuff. Like, I want to be the best breathwork teacher on the planet. And so I have to keep becoming – I have to keep stepping into that discomfort to grow, to become a better teacher. I just did a training last weekend, and it's like between that training and the training before that, I did Tony Robbins. Mm-hmm. I did a Ho'oponopono certification. You know what I mean? I did a bunch of – I'm like oh well, So you're certified in that. Well, I mean it's it was well, like – Then you better remember the
0: order. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs>
1: well, they changed the order from – like it's it's not exact – like one –
0: I'm kidding. person <laughs> says it
1: this way and one person says it that way. It's not – but, yeah, it's not a big, th- big deal. I mean, it's just uh, I keep trying to find new things. Like, what can I do next? Like, what else is out there?
0: Talk to me about what – when you were in the thick of it, like, you got sober. And, again, please listen to the first episode because the whole, like, stripper roommate, like, getting pulled over. I mean, his actual moment of change – where the last time you had a drink is it's intense. like from yep. stabbings to fights, almost getting pulled over to your stripper roommate, basically being like get your shit together. It's yeah. a great story. So please go back and listen. Um, but from that moment, what do you remember being either something that was said to you or a moment? What do you remember something that got you that you heard? Because I feel like a lot of times like people talk and talk and talk and then it's just something you resonate with that you can hear. What do you feel like you first heard that actually made you go, yeah.
1: Mm, it's so hard to to pinpoint because you know I had a couple bottoms and but it's never really your bottom. People say it's your bottom when you stop digging, right but uh, you know you think that this is going to be your bottom, like you see somebody get in a car crash and you think like why can't they get sober after that or like all these different horrible things that should be your bottom, they lose their wife and their family, and it's not, it's not. but I really have and I'm coming up on twenty years of sobriety, Congratulations. which is thank you, which is exciting. I really think now that the bottom is when you turn around and ask for help because nothing changes until you ask for help. You can't do it on your own. I just haven't seen anyone be successful on their own, especially long-term sobriety. So the bottom is like, okay, this happens. Lots of things will happen to you that should be your bottom, but when you finally something happens to you, whether it's external conflict, you get in a car accident, you lose your job, your wife leaves you, whatever, or internal conflict, which is I just fucking hate myself and I hate my life and I don't want to live like this, which is a lot of celebrities that I've worked with because they don't lose all their shit, right? right? So that's internal conflict. They have to have something inside. I think it's when somebody just says, I need help. And that's when you can start to change. That's, the, that's literally the moment.
0: What do you think it is about that? That is the catalyst. Why? Why? Yeah.
1: I don't know. I, don't, I honestly don't know. I mean, it's different for everyone. You know, you can't... It's different inside of everyone. It's like so many people have crossed invisible lines inside of themselves. So they said they would never do this or they would never do that. And then right. they do that and they just keep going. And now they've got more shame. Right comes back to the shame. They get more shame. And then you need to use more drugs or more alcohol or whatever, more food to cover that shame up. And, you know, the pain becomes so great or it's just one weird thing that just does it. And you're just like, okay, because people will for years and years and years try and get sober. And then suddenly it just works.
0: What can someone do who's on the outside?
1: Ask for help. I mean, ask for help. I, I'm a big proponent of 12 step recovery programs, you know, all the anonymous programs. I'm, I'm huge. I think they work. Um, you know, you, you, people might say that, oh, they know a person who went to that and, and this person it didn't work for this person or this person's in, you know, 12 step and they're a jerk or whatever. It's like <laughs> the programs aren't the people. The programs are the step and the books and all that kind of stuff. And I think that that stuff really works. I don't think I know that it works. It's, the, it's really the only thing I've seen work long term. So if you, you know, ask for help and get help, um, it, it's there you know, but I, you know, I've talked to so many people that are like, oh, I tried 12 step. I tried that and it didn't work. And it's like, well, did you do this, this, and this? Did you work all the steps? Did you have a sponsor? You know what I mean? I ask them the questions and I already know the answer before I even ask them, because when you do all that stuff and then most importantly, you turn around and help somebody else. Now you're in it, right? Cause really helping other people is the key. It's the key.
0: How do you, especially, I mean, are you still a sober coach or no?
1: I have a sober coaching business, sober companion business. Um, I still do it. I don't go out myself. I have uh, like lots of people on my roster that I would send. So I'll get a call for somebody. And the sober coaching thing is like basically in place of rehab or instead of rehab because rehab is a bubble. Right, where it's easy to stay sober in a place for right. thirty days with these other people and they're they got people right, it's a little paradise. It's, yeah, sobriety. it's like you take a tree that's sick in its environment and then you pull it out of that sick environment and you put it into a rehab and you nurse it back to health, and then what do you do? You put it back in that sick environment. Of course it's gonna go back to drinking or using drugs. Right. So what I do is I send somebody to go live with that person to coach them and get them sober and take them to twelve step and get them a healthy, sober lifestyle in their thing.
0: Living in their life. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's, you know, it's not cheap it's an expensive thing it's usually it started out just for rock stars and actors like when rock stars would come out of rehab and they go on the road and now it's like rock stars and actors and ceos and rich kids because you know insurance isn't going to pay for it unfortunately so it's all out of pocket and it's expensive to have somebody come live with you in your life
0: it's a privilege yeah um but so you've seen a lot of shit yeah and and you've dealt with a lot of grief and i know we talked a little bit on the first one too of how, you know, you, I mean, even when you were a kid, I mean, again, there were stabbings. You've lost a couple of yeah, friends. I've lost a lot of friends. You've lost a lot of friends. I mean, you've...
1: I lost seven like, close friends before I was 22. I mean, that's insane. Yeah.
0: So when you were drinking, obviously that's one way to deal with grief. How have you found, how do you deal with grief now that you're sober?
1: It's a great question. Um, breath work is the key because grief gets stuck in the lungs, and we don't we just like kind of relive it and ruminate on it and keep and it comes out of nowhere it, you know those feelings can come out of nowhere and just take over and when you least expect it and so if you can lay down and you can breathe you can start to process and allow some of the grief when um that guy that i sponsored committed suicide you know i sponsored him for 10 years And I just had so much pain and so much grief around it. And I felt responsible for him. And I couldn't get past it.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, how do you... So you know you're not, you know... Right, I know. how do you detangle that?
1: So this is where the transformational letter was born out of. I wrote a letter to him saying everything I wanted to say, everything I needed to say, everything I couldn't say because he's not here. And then, this is the key, I wrote a letter back from him. Saying everything I wanted him to say to me, everything he couldn't say to me. And that really told me what I was trying to get. How hard was and, and writing I, that letter back? It's 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 painful. I mean, I've done this workshop in, so many the, times. in the den so many times and it's incredible. And I've had so many people come up to me and be like, that workshop changed my life. I had a therapist in Beverly Hills for $500 an hour for 10 <laughs> years and I could never heal the issue with my dad left leaving when I was eight. And then I did that transformational workshop with you and it was gone. And it's been good ever since. So that's in this five-day emotional detox course that I created. That course is a combination of all the den workshops that i did right the affirmation workshop and the transformational letter and the i call it the legacy or the eulogy workshop uh, and also the love letter. So it's like all these t- workshops I did at the den combined with breath work. And if you did that five-day emotional detox, it would be like a lifetime of therapy in five days. Oh, my days. God. It's
0: amazing. You guys can go to denanywhere.com and they're all there, including the certifications, which we'll talk about more too. And we're going to do a promo code for everyone too, yes. right? Yes. Yeah, for sure. Put in den30 and you get 30% off. And this is stuff you have in your inbox forever. So, I mean, this is an amazing
1: yeah, so deal. I have people emailing me and messaging me from all over the world and saying these incredible things about um about the, you know, this 5-day detox I'm looking for it right now. This guy posted on Facebook the other night and I just I found it so I was so moved by it. I love
0: it. that it was born from this experience of trying to process your grief and yeah. your and and take yourself out of someone else's story.
1: So this guy commented uh, after doing the detox. He said, my wife bought this for me as a birthday present. I just have completed it for the first time. I can attest to the absolute effectiveness for me. For 45 years, I have been emotionally straitjacketed." by abusive parenting and religion in my childhood. I was depressed and my functioning had gotten so low I could barely respond to others. I committed to the breath work and the exercises aggressively. The very first time I did breath work, I felt transformed physically, emotionally, and mentally. My posture has improved. My emotional well-being has radically transformed. My cognitive functioning has become razor sharp. My being... Is whole, And I am now able to function as an adult in ways I have never been able. My wife says I seem 10 feet tall and she does Mm -hmm. not recognize me. I have absolute confidence where I used to have none. My wife says I no longer snore. My (laughs) sexual virality is back. The single most effective tool I have ever encountered for overcoming self-doubt and fear. I will never stop doing it.
0: I mean, that is probably the most amazing review you could get. I know it's I mean, just it is really just like really got every angle.
1: I was amazing. I was like wow. And that but like I have hundreds of those from people all over the planet like Which is crazy! I love
0: that. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Yeah, you guys. If you have never experienced breath work, you absolutely have to. And like now, you can do it online also. Or good one to say. It really is. I remember the first time I did it was with you too. Yeah. And it's. And I remember. I remember
1: you doing it. I can still see you doing it years ago. Like you were going for it hard. I was like, wow, she's
0: going for it hard. Yeah. Well, you told me. uh, You told me what to do. I did it. I felt like I was in there. Same thing. It's like you're there. Do it. Yeah. And I remember, and I've told this story on here before too. What ended up coming up at the end for me, I got this overwhelming sense of sadness of this thing that had happened in my life that I totally thought I'd forgiven myself for. And Mm. I thought I'd moved on. And I just remember going, oh, shit. Like, you clearly still have stuff to deal with on that. Like, I had just totally thought it was good. But it's so what came up for me at the end of that class. And I remember, like, crying and being like, oh, yeah, you still haven't forgiven yourself for that. You still think you're an asshole.
1: Yeah, we we try to make it good somehow in our mind, right? It's like when something really painful happens or whatever it is, we find a way around it. Like the mind will literally forget things, that traumatic things that happen to us yeah. just to protect us so that we can carry on and go on with our lives. I believe that. But the body doesn't forget.
0: I agree with that too.
1: And so at some point you're going to need to process that out or it's going to come out in, the, in some way that's not good and some sort of health issue or, you know, whatever. So... Everybody thinks they've dealt with all their shit, but they haven't.
0: But here's what's so great about you, and, like, before we get to the four U's, it's, like, if you can do it, like, you're (laughs) such a great example that way, though. It's, like, literally drinking, drugs, stabbing, fights, like – if you can turn your life around, again, crushed dreams. Yeah. you. We talked a lot on the first one, too. He used to be super vain and, like, obsessed with your looks and then also got alopecia. I mean, yeah. like, you kept being given everything until you finally were ready to actually learn the self-love. Like, yeah. it was very clear, like, what you were being given until you were forced to deal with it. Yeah. Um, but, I, again, it's like to anyone who's, like... I can't, whatever, the doubt, the self-doubting, the self-loathing, it's like you were such a beautiful example of how you can come out on the other side. And yeah. you're still going to be you. Like, you're still going to have your personality. You're still going to be you. No one's trying totally. to make you into this, like, woo-woo, like, hippy-dippy person.
1: It doesn't matter, like, what you've done, what's what you've done to other people, what's been done to you, what you've been through, what your education is, what what your you know ethnicity is. None of that matters. If you want to heal, if you want to get better... All the thing The only thing that matters is that you're willing to show up and do the work. Yeah, that's it. that's all you need. That's all you need to do is just have a willingness to show up and do the work and love yourself. And like I've been saying this a lot lately. I keep saying, you know, work harder on yourself, but don't be harder on yourself. Just mm. don't be harder on yourself. Cause that's the thing we do is we work hard on ourselves and then something doesn't work out or we screw something up and then we beat ourselves up. That defeats the whole fucking purpose.
0: I know I had a student who kept coming to class and <clears throat> he made this very uh tough choice, like he wanted to, he was trying to manifest something, and it was very specific, and I know that's, people say to be that specific, I don't, I have different opinions on it, but, you know, people do say that, like be very specific, and it was like winning this one thing, and I would feel bad for him, because he would come in, and some days he would just be like, I'm off, I'm off my course, I'm like, no, but you're doing the work, this is like what's so beautiful about what you're doing, don't forget that, just because this day is not going this way or that way, like you're learning, you're processing, like you're in it, like that's yeah. what you should be patting yourself on the back for, not because you didn't get this in that moment or that in that moment. And I kept trying to warn him too. I'm like, and if you don't get that thing, maybe it's not supposed to be yours. So don't put like, I was nervous that, God forbid, it doesn't happen then the work just totally stops because it feels like, well, what's the point? That's what I was going for.
1: There is no fucking thing to get.
0: Exactly. Well, I know there that. is no I thing know, to so that's get. Why I was nervous. I, was I like, mean, listen,
1: I've worked with four Oscar winners. We got one sitting right over here, right. So we worked with four. Tom. Yeah, our star Tom. Four Oscar winners, couple Grammy winners, gold medalists, Olympic gold medalists, and it's like that's the one of the most painful things you can that can happen to you is because you think when I get this thing, this trophy, this thing, now I'm going to be happy. Now I'm going to be complete now I'm going to be whole. And that doesn't fill this empty hole inside of you that says I'm not enough.
0: Well, that's a little bit my problem with certain manifestation. Like, you know, there's a lot about manifestation out there right now. Cause that's what everybody wants us to create. Mm-hmm. And I do believe you can create your own future just differently than I get nervous when people are telling people, okay, you want it exactly how you want it. That then they're locking themselves into what they think they're supposed to have versus being open to where they're going to be taken. Yeah. So that's where I'm like, I get a little bit wonky on it.
1: It almost never comes the way you think it's supposed to come.
0: No, because if we knew everything, life would be a lot easier, mm. Well, period.
1: If, <laughs> well, if we knew everything, life would be boring as fuck.
0: True. I know some of us would just have to cause drama, <laughs> right? I mean, it's <laughs> but, just innate in us.
1: But yeah, I mean, we just don't, it's like, it almost never comes the way you want it to. And... Um, or the way you think it's going to. And if it does, then you're disappointed when something doesn't work out well, later. Right, exactly. Yeah.
0: exactly. That used to be, I mean, Tom, might appreciate the story. That used to be the joke with me and my old boss at Sony um, because we were opposites. I might have told this the last time I remember. We were opposites, loved each other, Zach. And he used to always be like, so really, you have no five-year... 10 year plan. I'm like, I just, my brain doesn't operate that way. No, I just, I take jobs where I feel like I'm going to be excited. I'm going to learn and people I want to work with. And I just feel like it's going to take me where I'm supposed I always had that notion. So I was the weirdo in entertainment. Um, and he was like, I just can't not have a 10-year plan. How do you not have a 10-year plan? Like, I I have to be working towards this. How do you motivate to do things? And we used to laugh about it, how we were just wired so differently. And he used to tell him, I'm like, but look, you might be missing some really great stuff that you're supposed to do because you think you're supposed to do it. He's like, you're crazy. I mean, he was also the one who offered me a job right after my last job ended. And I was like... And I paused, and he's like, ugh, you're going to take a break, aren't you? You're so annoying. (laughs) (laughs) Like, in a really sweet way. Like, he knew, like, that's your personality. I could never do that. Um, And it was just... But it was that same feeling. And it used to weird people out in entertainment because there was a lot of, like, I either want to run a network or I want to run a studio, and that was just what you were aiming for. And I just never had that. My thing was always like, oh, well, I don't know. Maybe I'll do that. Maybe I won't. We'll see what I'm supposed to do. And I'm just going to keep working with people I like. And for that, I actually feel like I had some really great jobs because I worked with people I loved. But it was always more, I don't know. I also just assumed I probably, it's funny. I said this in an interview after college, when I was interviewing college, someone asked me what I was going to do and. Twenty years or something, which again, my brain doesn't compute. And I said, probably, and it's funny because look what I'm doing—probably a job that doesn't exist that combines everything that I've done up to that point. Yeah. And the woman was like, "Huh?" And basically, I never got a call back on that interview. She was <laughs> like, "What the fuck? Like, do you want to be a buyer for Bloomingdale's or not?" Like, I mean, right? But I—that was my answer after college. I'm like, "I'm gonna guess. Really? Are you asking me about twenty years? It probably doesn't exist now." And. I probably don't even know it's something I want to do and I'm just going to see where and like it was like mind-blowing for some people but that's just always how I felt. Like I don't want to not end up in an amazing place because I don't know about it
1: yet. Yeah. my I'm one of those five-year, ten-year plan people
0: yeah, it's a personality, who has c-
1: completely let go of it beca- because none of that has worked out Not one fucking thing. Right. Not one thing is worked out. And everything that I have in my life today that's amazing didn't even exist in my brain. Like, I didn't even know breathwork existed eight years ago, right? I didn't didn't want kids, right? Everything that's beautiful, everything that's amazing in my life did not exist. And so I want to know what else is out there. That I didn't know that I don't know exists right now. That's for exactly
0: me. right. That's how I felt that so, was like So
1: yeah, I would love to do a book one day, but no n- you know, no one actually someone had a horrible book deal that I said that's the worst book deal ever. No, thank you. But I would love to do a book, and but that's gonna maybe present itself or it's not gonna present itself. It will. I would love to do a documentary. Maybe it'll present itself, maybe it won't. That
0: will for sure present itself.
1: So we'll see. But like, <laughs> I, have so these, you're like oh, I, I have these. like, oh I've these... become a
0: psychic here. That's happening, maybe that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so I have these great things that I would love to do, but right now I'm just going, yes, let someone call. I'm getting getting all these calls and opportunities to do uh, other people's events classes at different events like the Bulletproof Upgrade Labs or Panache Desai and all these different Amazing. events. And I go and I say, "Yes, if it feels good, I'm like literally tuning in, this is Woo-woo now. I'm tuning he's in to like, guys, he's no, it's just like, here's the thing. <laughs> at our base we're animals. And we have an intuition, just like an animals start to stir when there's an earthquake coming, Mm -hmm. right? They know there's something coming. When you're talking to someone or you're with somebody, if you really tune in, I keep pointing in my stomach. You can't see it on the podcast, but like that's where your intuition is. That's where it lies. And it's like, I feel good about this person. I don't feel good about this person. I feel good about this opportunity. I don't feel good about this opportunity. Instead of your head just taking over and going like, well, lots of people are going to be there. and And there's a lot of times people trying to take advantage of me. They want me to come do something for free. There's no exchange. They're getting all this stuff and I'm getting nothing. Right, And that happens a lot. Still, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just a higher level. It's right. still
0: fucking happening. I know people it never like, stops. Don't you love how people like slyly put it in, yeah, as if it's like you're not going to notice it. Yeah, I it's always say so that funny. they're like, you know, you come and do this because we're going to have so many people here that don't know your work yet. Yeah, and like come on. Yeah, that's exactly yeah, how I it's know.
1: presented, and it's just like, oh God, give me. There needs to be an exchange. Like, make it. You're charging four thousand dollars a ticket, and you don't want to pay me anything.
0: That happened to me once with a woman, and it's a much smaller scale of wanting to set up a private for her team, which we do all the time. And we charge people for all the time. And she kept trying to pitch me every reason why it should be free. And I actually stuck because usually I'm like, I can be a softie. I was like, I just don't know what to tell you. Like, this is someone's time. And this is what we charge. And the person worked in the same business. So I was like, I know you put on events too. So you understand that there's a cost that comes with these. I've already gone to my lowest price for you. And she just kept going. And I just honestly, I was proud of myself. I kept holding firm. And i uh, we eventually actually did it. She had a great experience. But I just remember being like, well, I don't understand. Why does it feel like you should get – why is this something that I you totally, of, of all – When it, it's going to cost me money to do that for I you. Know, so why do you feel like I should
1: – There's no exchange. There, not always because Tony Robbins, I met him and he invited me to this thing and it changed my life. But I dug in. I played full out. But a lot of people, I've comped people for certain things. Of course. And I've comped, like, my. Co- I'll give you a great example. I'm like, two of my cousins that I love to death both reached out for help. And I sent them the course, right? Right. And I just happened to, and this was months and months ago. I happened to look the other day. Neither they one of them, they haven't even <laughs> fucking opened it. You know what I mean? And so I used to, at the den in this other studio that I used to teach at, there'd be, like, two to two people in the room, one or two people who weren't doing the breath work. And then I would go to the front and I'd be like, did they come in on a guest pass or did their friend buy their class? And they'd go, yeah, they absolutely did.
0: Interesting. Yeah, it's because- like So if it was free, they didn't feel like they had to put in the work. You don't
1: value that- You don't value yeah. what's free. The more you pay it, like when I was doing private sessions, I was charging a shit ton of money. And if you pay a shit ton of money, you do the work. Right. You're really going like, to listen I need to that to get person. get out of it. Yeah. Right, what I put in. But if somebody bought it for somebody, I would find that they maybe wouldn't work as hard, or they wouldn't really do it, or that you know whatever. Isn't
0: it so insane, like our our relationship to money. It's, yeah. It's fascinating. It
1: is. You know, listen. I went to some of my students' class in Bend, Oregon, and they were like, "Oh, you don't have to pay," and I'm like, "I absolutely have to pay because I won't fucking do the work."
0: And <laughs> also, as a teacher, you know, you're trying to support. of course it's like you're supporting someone new who's growing of
1: course it's for everyone
0: but by the way good for them for saying that you should come for free also out of respect that's also a nice thing
1: yeah but i want to pay i mean i'm
0: I'm with you too whenever my friends like start a business now they're like i'll just send you stuff i'm like oh oh if anyone understands yeah let me please buy the product from you like let me do that for you
1: yeah you have to you You
0: understand it's hard
1: yeah if you don't you're not going to do the work yeah it's just it's just the way it works. Let's
0: do some four you's because I've already had you oh my god, I didn't even realize at the time. I love talking to you. Oh, so sweet. I do, and I, I love don't get you. you. I mean, he used to live here, so I used to have you remember sometimes we would be on the phone for like to <laughs> talk about once and then we would just, just start babbling about whatever was going go on for a, a long tangent. time. Yeah. I remember being in the car, talking to you like many times. Um, okay. First thing you do when you wake up.
1: I go pee pee and then i go and i stretch and i do a book of i do like a handful of some of them are like yoga stretches down dog squat pose and cat cow and then i go into like in, a
0: little cat cow i go
1: into like a little prayer pose i call it a surrender and i just say kind of a prayer and i ask you know god the universe whatever to keep my kids safe to mm. protect my family that's it that's all i ask for every day
0: he's breaking again
1: ah. so yeah because you know we don't know Right. So we don't know. So I ask for that. And then um, I'll do some type of breath, connected breath. Like, so I might just be 20 connected breaths. It might be three sets of 30 with a breath hold. It might be a full breathwork session. And then I'll sit on the pillow. I'll get to the meditation pillow and I'll sit there from anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes.
0: How long does this whole?
1: It's about 30 minutes, the whole thing. And then I get after the coffee and I get to work. And I, the work, the, the work is usually, I try to do something creative first because I feel like you have like really an hour to uh, two hours of creativity in you and it's best first thing in the morning. And I get up, this is crazy. I get up at like three four in the morning now.
0: I, it's funny, I was doing that too naturally. Yeah, Did you me set too. Your alarm? Nope, naturally. No alarm. And then I got that fucking flu that went around, and yeah. I'm like, I'm four weeks out, and I'm finally starting to feel like myself again.
1: Well, the Tony Robbins thing threw that all off because he has you up till three in the morning. Oh, so yeah. You Jumping sleep. up and down. It's 40 degrees in the room. I mean, it's insane. People Sounds are in like there, succumb. they're in there, and like, coats and parkers and gloves i mean it was insane
0: i'd be miserable yeah it was i I, I was <laughs> i hate
1: being cold too and i was kind of no miserable. Hair. yeah it's, it makes it 10 times worse so yeah so then i get to work and but i don't i don't have an alarm anymore and it's funny because i was a personal trainer for i don't even know 20 years or something and i had to get up super early and i hated it and i'm like someday i'm not gonna have to get up early now you and do. i don't have to get up early but i do because i want to get all the stuff done before my kids get up Me too. i, I want to connect with my kids before they leave or you know whatever before my daughter leaves for school or my son leaves or so i spend some time connecting with my children when they wake up around 7 seven thirty, and that's really nice and then i go back to work for a couple more hours and um whatever it is i mean i'm, I'm running a couple businesses so. i
0: know it's insane what's a surprising hobby of yours
1: Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, I do Brazilian jiu-jitsu, so I love to choke people uh, <laughs> unconscious if I can. And then the other hobby that I've never said in a podcast or anywhere is I'm really into architecture and design. And so right now is the first thing I've ever gotten to design. I'm redoing a bathroom in my house. And it's, I'm super exci- loving it? I'm hating the construction process because it's been a total nightmare, um, as people can understand. And everything has gone wrong that can go wrong. But I'm really excited to see the end result. So... Uh, I like, yeah, I like, I mean, I love the beautiful walls and the den that was showing Tom, this, oh. the, the brick and that, so beautiful, that's the, how so you sweet. designed it. And you did such an amazing job. I love that shit too. Yeah. It's so much fun. Right. And to so pick fun. it and to see it come to life, like your vision, that's exciting, uh, hobby. And, um, yeah, I think those are probably the two.
0: What's a current obsession?
1: Oh, that's a good question. A uh, current obsession is, um, cold therapy. I've been doing the cold stuff like
0: Is it even colder for you because you don't have hair?
1: Maybe. I mean, I don't know what to compare it to because I didn't do it when I had hair. I have
0: to do that cold stuff. I'm still...
1: I resisted it for so long. I'll tell you a good way to do it is to get in the sauna first. So to sit in the sauna for half so an hour... So that you want the cold. Yeah, and then it's easier. It's easier to jump in. it. In the contrast so from the sauna that. to the cold is actually really good for you. Or to find a place that has the hold in the, the hot and the cold right next to each other and go back and forth. That's how I started. Because
0: even the cold showers, which in LA you're never truly taking a cold no. shower, I, I still can't do.
1: Listen, the cold shower <laughs> in Oregon is a real... It's an
0: actual cold shower, right? Yeah, it's right. so
1: cold. It comes out in the wintertime. It comes out at like 48 degrees oh. if you go full cold. And this new shower that I'm doing, the shower head is like the size of a pizza box. <laughs>
0: Like,
1: <laughs> so that it's not just touching one part of your
0: body. Oh, you'll be rained on. Yeah. I yeah I try, and even knowing, I'm like, it's not that bad. It's Los Angeles. It's never no. gonna be that. And I'm literally like, the toe goes in, the arm goes in. It's like the slow, and then I'll be doing like these weird, like, okay, I can do my head now. I'm just like,
1: I think it's, that hard it's for me. easier. I'll get better. Before I could do the cold shower, I could actually do the cold immersion, where you really get in a tub. To like, just do it fast. Yeah, just sit right in there and get right to your neck, and then just start breathing, just long exhales to How just. How long do you stay? I was, I got up to 12 minutes in a That's 50, 50 degree. So I would get in there, but I started going back and forth. I like five minutes in, five minutes warm, but I would get in there and just go shh, long exhales. And what I discovered is the first two minutes is absolute hell. Like everything, like my nipples felt like they were on fire and everything hurt. And I was like, oh my God. But then after two minutes, it all goes away and you're just fine. You're numb. Yeah. And you just, <laughs> and, you just and you just, and then you just focus on your meditation and your breathing and you really are puts you in the moment. Have you floated? I have a float tank in my house.
0: In your house? Yeah,
1: I have a sensory deprivation oh, tank like in my house. I feel like I knew that. Yeah, I love it. It's My, my wife like will be like, you're being too. a jerk, go in the tank. And I'll go in the tank and that'll put me into a deep, deep, deep meditation. Well, that's meditation. what I was
0: going to say. Like, what do you feel like the difference... Like, cause you you're saying you can actually like disappear into deep meditation when you're in a yeah. cold bath, in so, the tank
1: even better. No, I know. I, so I have like a mini spa in my house right of, now.
0: Seriously, should we yeah. all just go stay at your house for a little bit? What's happening? You <laughs> no should way. Charge no, for this. Yeah.
1: So that's been my dream is to like have all these things in my house because it's self care. I mean, that's yeah. that's what I love. So I love. I have a float tank. I have a sauna. I'm redoing the bathroom to make it into this spa like bathroom. This is this is where my money goes to like. To to these things to to take care of myself because when I'm doing all those things I'm a great dad I'm a great husband right I'm a great friend and and like I'm a great teacher but when I'm not doing those things I start to become a fucking asshole again I literally can just slip right back into it and so I have to do all this work to take care of myself and um, to become the best version of me on a daily basis. How long do you float for? About an hour. Yeah. I floated here yesterday in town at this place called Paws. They reached out to me. and So
0: here's my question. Yeah, And I don't want you to say ill of anywhere. Because like, yeah. I looked and it almost seemed too... It was like a white...
1: Yeah. The pod. Yeah. Yeah. It's That's pretty, what I floated it's in really yesterday.
0: expensive because I've seen other places that are so much cheaper for much longer. You can get like two hours for 45 bucks. And yep. this one was like an hour for 75 bucks or something. Yeah. It was expensive. I was like, oh...
1: Yeah, there, there are, there are two different places. There are a couple of different places in town, and yeah, one of them I used to go there. That's yeah, where Westwood, I started. Right? Yeah, I started there. It was actually and in Venice, Venice. I think Venice yeah, was vote. the original yeah, yeah, yeah. place. That's the, I like that. That's place. the Float Lab. That's Crash. That's yeah. The he's
0: great, and I love yeah, and, and Kobe who works there is great. Yeah,
1: and the, but yesterday I got invited to Pause, which is on Washington Boulevard, and, and, and I Culver. went. In, yeah, and I went to the pod, and that was amazing. But I don't even know how much it was. They they caught me, but right. that's you Seth know c- celebrity breathwork Seth teacher. Hansi, okay, man. a celebrity. So yeah, so it was fun, and uh, but I have one in my house, so I don't have to share and think about other people going in there. And well,
0: now you put that in my no, head. No, but well, Come here's on. the thing: it's <laughs> you
1: take a shower before and after. Nothing can live in 800 pounds of Epsom salt. It has a filtration system that's incredible.
0: Can I tell you my thing? Sure. And I know this is way too long, so I apologize, guys. Um, so. I have a fear, and I'm going to start talking about it because I talked about it in our our episode. We just did our 100th episode. Can you believe it? Oh, my God. And I was talking about it that I have this crazy, irrational fear of snakes. Okay. Crazy.
1: Well, that's actually ingrained in your DNA, though.
0: Yes, I'm sure. And I know there's like spiritual symbolism to it and all of that. And I've had actually some amazing meditations and moments with snakes that are not scary. Or I've been like, holy shit, I can't believe this is happening because I am terrified by snakes. This is incredible. Like, So the first time I – the last time – yeah, the last time I floated – Which was amazing. I was in there for over two hours. It went by like that incredible. But towards the beginning, all of a sudden, as I'm lying there and it's dark, right? Sensory deprivation, I'm like, there's a fucking snake in here. (laughs) Now, look, I knew the logic. I kept saying, use your logic, use your logic. You know, there's not a snake in here. You know, it's your fear coming up. And you know, that's like, it's just coming up. So just use your life. There's not a snake in here. Calm down, do breath. Like I was chanting, I like mantras. So I was chanting my mantras. And like, eventually I got through it, but I'm not kidding you. For like 20 minutes, I was like, what if there's a fucking snake in here? It's like that irrational fear that the snake's going to come up the toilet, except then I just Uh, heard it happen to someone. And now I'm like, well, thanks for that. I always thought that was like, you know, a myth and a legend. And now I'm like, now every time I go back on there, I'm like, I just have to unravel like 20 more years of fear of a snake coming up my toilet. So it's the same thing. So I haven't been able to float since then. I think oh, I'm going to go on God. Thursday. So
1: your brain is this powerful thing, right? Powerful. And that's why like if you did psychedelics... I know,
0: see, Tom's laughing at me. I don't blame you. If
1: you do psychedelics and you start to have a bad trip, it's really your mind just taking over and going down that dark road, totally. right? Totally. And so there's a thing. It's called the verticulator activating system, right? And so it's like when you buy a car and all of a sudden you see that same car everywhere, your brain is looking for certain things. right? And and often it's looking for what's wrong in your life and what's missing in your life. And if you're always looking for what's wrong or what's missing, you're gonna be fucking miserable all the time. Right. Your brain doesn't it's give a shit time. about your happiness, right? Its job is to protect you, and that's what it thinks it's doing. So you have to override that. And that's why. So I, I
0: know I have to go float again because yeah. I know it's gonna probably come up again. And yeah. it's like, and now there'll probably be like 40 fucking snakes in there with me. And I'm just gonna to have to like get through it and like face my fear. But I actually, I'm like, why haven't I been floating? Like Maybe I you really need to go and like, lay oh, down
1: I'm with snakes. And then I know the float that's tank the, the final
0: your. thing, which we <laughs> talked about on the podcast last time. And I was like, I know I need to it's just like hold some fear one.
1: factor shit right yes. there. Yes,
0: ultimately I'll do that. I'll keep everybody posted because I do think that is what's going to have to happen. Is I'm <laughs> going to have to do that. I'm not going to like it. I but know, I'm going to do it, I and know, I, I'll get there. I'm going to overcome this fear.
1: As soon as I leave here, I'm going to think of some other obsession that I have. Like always,
0: from- let us know. Oh my god. Okay, so mountains or beach?
1: <sighs> Probably mountains. I live in the mountains.
0: Right, but did that change? Were you beach before? Like, do you feel like you were meant to be mountains and you were like denying it? Like, what do you think? Because it's switched. From I now.
1: have a fear of the water. I've almost drowned twice. Oof, Jesus. And that the only anxiety panic attack I've ever had. We're getting was,
0: real dark at the end yeah. of this podcast. I like it. No, I
1: don't think so. I mean, listen, I, I had a panic attack. I had an anxiety attack. Like scuba diving is the only time it's ever happened to me. And it was fucking terrifying. Um, and I was like 40 feet down. There was no visibility. And a fucking oh. shark came out of the dark. Well, that,
0: that's terrifying. Yeah. And that's I started like, <laughs>
1: And the air was going out of the tank. And like then super, that made you more Yeah, nervous. it was just awful. And um, But I love the ocean. I used to surf. I'm a terrible swimmer. And so I just feel safer and more connected and more grounded in the mountains. And um, yeah, just I just love the view and the beauty of them. So
0: Well, you are amazing. We are going to do a personal practice. Was that three or four? Well, we're going to pretend it's four. We did four years. I was like, did I ask four questions or three? Because we kept talking so much. I don't even remember. What
1: are the four questions again?
0: Well, I just asked you. We did, let's see, obsession. Yeah. We did mountains or beach. Okay. We did what do you do when you wake up? And I feel like, was there one more or no?
1: What about like... Doesn't James Lipton? Well, how about this? What's your what biggest... does James Lipton do? Like, what do you want God to say when you get to the?
0: Sure. What would you like God to say to you when you get to the pearly gates? <laughs> I just set myself. Sorry, up. Sorry, James, for stealing it. It's his i fault. I sorry <laughs> I set myself
1: up for that. I think. I think I would like him to say that you did. I love you. you did a good job. You did good work, I and mean, you helped a lot of people.
0: And you are, and you do. So I'll say it. I know I'm not God, but does that help a little bit?
1: <laughs> Thank you.
0: No, of course you're amazing. I'm always so happy to talk to you. And um, so, you guys, he has his certifications are online. His those workshops are compiled to that five day detox. Yeah,
1: the way the certification works is I have two different courses, and you can do them. You got to do both of them to get a certification. And you can do them either both in person or both online or one in person and one online. But you got to do both courses and I give you certification. But it's actually the easiest. I don't want to say the easiest. It's like the shortest route to breathwork certification because there's so many people out there and they're charging like $8,000 and it's it's a year. And it's insane. And it's like, what are you getting for $8,000? Like I've distilled it down to what you actually need to take someone through a session or to lead a class or something like that. I've made it like, this is all you need to do it. And I do bigger classes more often than anyone Else that I know of on the planet. Yeah,
0: no, your classes are packed. So go to denanywhere.com and we're giving you 30% off of all of this stuff. So just put in den 30 and it's yours for 30% off. And I promise you your life will be changed in an amazing way. Thank you.
1: Thank you for having me. No,
0: of course. And stay tuned because he will be doing his personal practice. John Paul is going to lead us in a personal practice where he's going to read the heart prayer.
1: This is something I read sometimes at the end of my class. It's called the heart prayer. I am in this body, but I am not the body. I and the body are separate. The body is mine for only a short time. Even if I live a hundred years more, it will go by like a flash. Everything outside of my heart is not truly mine. I own nothing in this world. Everything I own is contained in my heart. The love I have for others and the love they feel for me is mine. My connection with God is mine. My wisdom is mine. My joy is mine. I breathe into my heart and breathe out from my heart. May I not waste another moment withholding love for anyone or myself.
0: Dentalks podcast would not exist without these incredible people, Nicole Rappi, Reem Edan, Hayden Fungheiser, Kim Bielik, and music by Alex Fetter. Thanks for joining us. If you haven't subscribed, please do. And also wherever you listen, please go and leave us a review. It's so greatly appreciated. It really does help us out. If you want to keep talking about all this stuff, please join our community on our secret Facebook page. Go to Facebook, search Den Talks podcast, and join us there.